Asia's Developing Future, brought to you by the Asian Development Bank Institute in Tokyo, a leading source of knowledge in fast-emerging Asia and the Pacific for 20 years. The People's Republic of China's integration into the global economy and East and West Germany's reunification show the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, or the DPRK, how it might become a market economy within 20 to 25 years. Naoyuki Yoshino, Dean of the Asian Development Bank Institute, told the Foreign Correspondents Club of Japan that the DPRK could also look to the success of other Asian countries in using domestic savings to kickstart growth. Other key ingredients for a successful transition would be infrastructure development, education and training, as well as the promotion of student and worker exchanges between the DPRK and other countries. The country could start with a postal savings network similar to those used in Japan and China, which would help start the process of building a financial system. From that, insurance and pension funds could be developed. The money that was deposited could be used for economic development, Yoshino explained. The growth of the Asian countries after the Asian financial crisis came from accumulation of domestic savings. Most of the Asian countries have a very high savings rate, and that has changed a lot of the financial conditions in Asia because the money is kept circulating within domestic market, and that is key. So no, even for North Korea, in the first several years, they have to bring money from outside. However, that when the development starts, they have to find out how to circulate their savings within the country. Infrastructure development would promote growth. It could be funded by bonds that could be purchased by government and the private sector with investors seeing profits over 15 to 20 years as growth picked up pace. Developing transportation links from China through the DPRK to the Republic of Korea would speed economic progress. Spillover effects from the construction and operation of these transport networks would multiply the gains, as areas surrounding the development would benefit, as would farmers, for example, who could use the networks to get their goods to market. Infrastructure is very important. And infrastructure that can create economic activities along the roads and highways. Spillover effects are very large. I propose in Seoul that railways, highways should be connected from South Korea, North Korea to China. So it should be complete connection between China and South Korea. Then North Koreans can import various products at the same time they can export their own products to Korea and China and other countries. So connectivity of infrastructure is very important. The transport gains provided by linking up the three countries would be one benefit. But the construction would also promote other activities within the DPRK, Yoshino said. So spillover economic effects are very important. So highways, railways has to bring private business into the region. And new apartment, residential area has to be developed. Then employment will be created. And then hotels, restaurants can be developed. Furthermore, agricultural farmers can sell 
their products to South Korea and China if infrastructure connects all the way. To promote the growth of a business culture, local communities could pull funds to start small businesses. Workers in large government companies could be encouraged to become more productive by giving bonuses to those who worked hardest, he said. Those who worked very hard should receive higher bonus, and that would create a very good incentive mechanism for them so that the companies would become much more efficient. But education would be most important in encouraging people in the DPRK to adjust to a market-based system and promote economic growth. Yoshino said he visited schools in the former East Germany just after reunification and found that students and teachers had little understanding of how market economies worked. They needed an influx of West German teachers mixed with some East German students moving elsewhere for school to bring them up to speed. China is another example where students needed to quickly learn how market economies operated. Nowadays, many Chinese went to US, Europe and so on, and they come back to China and they are dominating their classrooms and publications. So I think that is very important. And at the same time, North Korean teachers has to be educated. So they may have to go to Western universities, high schools, and so on. And then they should come back to North Korea. So education will be very important. And it will be a long-term changes. But after 10 years, 15 years, it will completely change. That is our experience from East Germany. Western countries could help the DPRK's transition by welcoming students and others who were interested in exchanges, whether cultural or educational. That is another role for many advanced nations. They should invite those uh, scholars and students. And China's reform was completed because so many countries absorbed Chinese students. Yoshino said the DPRK could see a successful transition to a market economy just as China did, with the correct investment, training, and incentives. So if we look at Chinese uh, economy now, 25 years later, it is almost the same with other Western nations. So my expectation, if economic uh, development will go well, 20 years later, 25 years later, North Korea will be the same as other regions. That was Naoyuki Yoshino. Dean of the Asian Development Bank Institute, speaking to the Foreign Correspondents Club of Japan. This has been Asia's Developing Future, brought to you by the Asian Development Bank Institute in Tokyo. See the show notes for the transcript and related material. For more information about us, please visit adbi.org.